Today is the 1st of August, 2019. Is it summer yet? Welcome to Walking the Way. My name is Ray. I want to say thank you to everyone for listening in as we continue to explore what it means to have a regular rhythm of worship together. And if you're joining us for the very first time, let me explain that each episode follows a really simple pattern of prayer, scripture and music. So having explained how it all works, let's start today's leg of Walking the Way with our opening prayer. Let's pray, shall we? Almighty God, you are the author of life, and we are in awe of your creation. The vast oceans reflect your majesty. The ever-changing skies renew our lands. The deep valleys carry your peace and shelter. You are Saviour of the world, and we are amazed at your grace. The nations find peace in your forgiveness. The sufferer hope in your healing hands. The burdened rest in your promise of heaven. You are unconditional love. We are privileged to be filled by your presence. Lord, we ask that our youth be filled with your vision, that our old folk be filled with your wisdom, that the oppressed are unchained by your freedom. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, today and all days, we worship you. Amen. We're going to have our first piece of music just to give us some time to center our thoughts on God. And then we're going to get into our Bible readings for today. And in today's Bible readings, we read about the rest of Solomon's buildings projects. And Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray. But we'll see you on the other side. Thank you. 
Let's ask God to speak to us through the scriptures this morning. Father Paul writes that there's nothing like the written word of God for showing you the way to salvation through faith in Jesus Christ, and that every part of scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or the other, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes and training us to live your way. And so, Father, we ask this morning as we listen to scripture that you would do exactly that. You would show us your truth expose our rebellion, correct our mistakes, and train us to live your way. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our Bible readings this morning are taken from the Holman Christian Standard Bible, and we're beginning with 1 Kings 7. Solomon completed his entire palace project after 13 years of construction. He built the house of the forest of Lebanon, It was 150 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high on four rows of cedar pillars, with cedar beams on top of the pillars. It was panelled above with cedar at the top of the chambers that were rested on 45 pillars, 15 per row. There were three rows of window frames, facing each other in three tiers. All the doors and doorposts had rectangular frames, the openings facing each other in three tiers. He made the hall of pillars, 75 foot long and 75 feet wide. A portico was in front of the pillars, and a canopy with pillars in front of them. He made the hall of the throne where he would judge, the hall of judgment. It was panelled with cedar from the floor to the rafters. Solomon's own palace, where he would live, in the other courtyard behind the hall, was of similar construction. And he made a house like this hall for Pharaoh's daughter, his wife. All of these buildings were of costly stones, cut to size and sawed with saws on the inner and outer surface, from foundation to coping, and from the outside to the great courtyard. The foundation was also made of large costly stones and 15 metres long. Above were also costly stones cut to size, as well as cedar wood. Around the great courtyard, as well as in the inner courtyard of the Lord's Temple and the portico of the Temple, were three rows of dressed stone and a row of trimmed cedar beams. Solomon had Hiram bought from Tyre. He was a widow's son from the tribe of Naphtali, and his father was a man of Tyre, a bronze craftsman. Hiram had great skill, understanding, and knowledge to do every kind of bronze work, so he came to King Solomon and carried out all his work. He cast two hollow bronze pillars, each 27 feet high and 18 feet in circumference. He also has made two capitals of cast bronze to set on top of the pillars. Seven and a half feet was the height of the first capital, and seven and a half feet was also the height of the second capital. The capitals on top of the pillars had gratings of latticework, wreaths, made of chainwork, seven of the first capital and seven for the second. He made the pillars with two encircling rows of pomegranates on the one grating to cover the capital on top. He did the same for the second capital. And the capitals on top of the pillars in the portico were shaped like lilies, six feet high. The capitals on the two pillars were also immediately above the rounded surface next to the grating. And two hundred pomegranates were in rows, encircling each capital. He set up the pillars at the portico of the sanctuary. He set up the right pillar and named it Jason. 
he set up the left pillar and named it Boaz. The tops of the pillars were shaped like lilies. Then the work of the pillars was completed. He made the cast metal reservoir, 15 feet from brim to brim, perfectly round. It was seven and a half feet high and 45 feet in circumference. Ornamental gourds encircled it below the rim, every half yard completely encircling the reservoir. The gourds were cast in two rows when the reservoir was cast. It stood on twelve oxen, three facing north, three facing west, three facing south, and three facing east. The reservoir was on top of them, and all their hindquarters were towards the center. The reservoir was three inches thick, and its rim was fashioned like the brim of a cup, or of a lily blossom. It held eleven thousand gallons. Then he made ten bronze water carts. Each water cart was six foot long, six foot wide, and four and a half feet high. This was the design of the carts. They had frames. The frames were between the cross pieces, and on the frames between the cross pieces were lions, oxen, and cherubim. On the cross pieces there was a pedestal above, and below the lions and oxen were wreaths of hanging work. Each cart had four bronze wheels with bronze axles. Underneath the four corners of the basin were cast supports, each next to a wreath. And the water carts opening inside the crown, on top was eighteen inches wide. The opening was round, made as a pedestal, twenty-seven inches wide. On it were carvings, but their frames were square, not round. There were four wheels under the frames, and the wheel axles were part of the water cart. Each wheel was twenty-seven inches tall. The wheel's design was similar to that of chariot's wheels. Their axles, rims, spokes, and hubs were all of cast metal. Four supports were at the four corners of each water cart. Each support was one piece with the water cart. On top of the cart was a band nine inches high, encircling it also at the top of the cart, its braces and its frames were one piece with it. He engraved cherubim, lions and palm trees on the plates of the braces and on its frames, where each had space, with encircling wreaths. In this way he made the ten water carts, using the same casting, dimensions and shapes for all of them. Then he made ten bronze basins, each basin holding 220 gallons and each was six feet wide. One basin was for each of the ten water carts. He set five water carts on the right-hand side of the temple and five on the left-hand side. He put the reservoir near the right-hand side of the temple towards the southeast. Then Hiram made the basins, the shovel and the sprinkling basins. So Hiram finished all the work that he was doing for King Solomon on the Lord's temple. Two pillars bowls for the capitals that were on top of the two pillars, the two gratings for covering both bowls of the capitals that were on top of the pillars, the 400 pomegranates for the two gratings, two rows of pomegranates for each grating, covering both capitals' bowls on top of the pillars, the ten water carts, the ten basins on the water carts, the reservoir, the twelve oxen beneath the reservoir, and the pots, shovels, and sprinkling basins. All the utensils that Hiram made for King Solomon on the Lord's temple were made of burnished bronze. The king had them cast in clay moulds in the Jordan Valley between Succoth and Zarathan. Solomon left all the utensils unweighed, because there were so many. The weight of the bronze was not determined. Solomon also made all the equipment in the Lord's temple, the gold altar, the gold table that the bread 
of the presence was rested on. The pure gold lampstands in front of the inner sanctuary, five on the left and five on the right. The gold flowers, lamps and tongs. The pure gold ceremonial bowls, wick trimmers, sprinkling basins, ladles and firepans, and the gold hinges for the doors of the inner temple, that is the most holy place, and for the doors of the temple sanctuary. So all the work King Solomon did in the Lord's temple was completed. Then Solomon brought in the consecrated things of his father David, the silver, the gold, and the utensils, and put them in the treasuries of the Lord's temple. 2 Chronicles 8 At the end of twenty years during which Solomon had built the Lord's temple and his own palace, Solomon had rebuilt the cities Hiram gave him and settled Israelites there. Solomon went to Hamath Zobah and seized it. He built Tadmor in the wilderness along with the, all the storage cities that he built in Hamath. He built Upper Beth Haran and Lower Beth Haran, fortified cities with walls, gates and bars. Balath, all the storage cities that belonged to Solomon, all the chariot cities, the cavalry cities, and everything Solomon desired to build in Jerusalem, Lebanon or elsewhere in the world of his dominion. As for all the people who remained of the Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites and Jebusites, who were not from Israel, their descendants who remained in the land after them, those the Israelites had not completely destroyed, Solomon imposed forced labor on them. It is this way today. Solomon did not consign the Israelites to be slaves for his work. They were soldiers, commanders of his captains, and commanders of his chariots and his cavalry. These were Solomon's deputies. 250 who ruled over the people. Solomon brought the daughter of Pharaoh from the city of David to the house he had built for her, for he said, My wife must not live in the house of David, king of Israel, because the places the ark of the Lord has come into are holy. At that time Solomon offered burnt offerings to the Lord on the Lord's altar he made in front of the portico. He followed the daily requirements for offerings, according to the commandments of Moses for Sabbaths, new moons, and the three annual appointed festivals, the Festival of Unleavened Bread, the Festival of Weeks, and the Festival of Booths. According to the ordinance of his father David, he appointed the divisions of the priests over their service, of the Levites over their responsibilities to offer praise and to minister before the priests following the daily requirement, and of the gatekeepers by their divisions with respect to each gate, for this had been the command of David the man of God. They did not turn aside from the king's command regarding the priests and the Levites concerning any matter or concerning the treasuries. All of Solomon's work was carried out from the day the foundation was laid for the Lord's temple until it was finished. So the Lord's temple was completed. At that time Solomon went to Ezion-Geber and to Eloth on the seashore in the land of Edom. So Hiram sent ships to him by his servants along with crews of experienced seamen. They went with Solomon's servants to Ophir, took from there seventeen tons of gold, and delivered it to King Solomon. Matthew 6 Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of people, to be seen by them. Otherwise you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give to the poor, don't sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be applauded by people. I assure you they've got their reward. But when you give to the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. 
whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on street corners to be seen by people. I assure you, they have got their reward. But when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, don't babble like the idolaters, since they imagine they'll be heard for all their many words. Don't be like them, because your Father knows the things you need before you ask Him. Therefore you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For the kingdom is yours, and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive people their wrongdoing, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive people, your Father will not forgive your wrongdoing. Whenever you fast, don't be sad-faced like the hypocrites, for they make their faces unattractive, so their fasting is obvious to people. I assure you they've got their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that you don't show your fasting to people, but to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Don't collect for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but collect for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where the thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So if the light within you is darkness, how deep is that darkness? No one can be a slave of two masters, since either he will hate one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot be slaves of God and of money. This is why I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth more than they? Can any of you add a single cubit to his height by worrying? And why do you worry about clothes? Look how the wildflowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you, you of little faith? So don't worry saying what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear. For the idolaters eagerly seek all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Psalm 50 A Psalm of Asaph Yahweh, the God of gods, speaks. He summons the earth from east to west, 
From Zion, the perfection of beauty, God appears in radiance. Our God is coming. He will not be silent. Devouring fire precedes him, and a storm rages around him. On high, he summons heaven and earth in order to judge his people. Gather my faithful ones to me, those who make a covenant with me by sacrifice. The heavens proclaim his righteousness, for God is the judge, Selah. Listen, my people, and I will speak. I will testify against you, Israel. I am God, your God. I do not rebuke you for your sacrifices or for your burnt offerings which are continually before me. I will not accept a bull from your household or male goats from your pens. For every animal of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every kind of mountain, and the creatures of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world and everything in it is mine. Do I eat the flesh of bulls and drink the blood of goats? Sacrifice a thank offering to God, and pay your vows to the Most High. Call on me in a day of trouble, and I will rescue you, and you will honor me. But God says to the wicked, What right do you have to recite my statutes, and to take my covenant on your lips? You hate instruction and turn your back on my words. When you see a thief, you make friends with him, and you associate with adulterers. You unleash your mouth for evil, and harness your tongue for deceit. You sit, maligning your brother, slandering your mother's son. You have done these things, and I kept silent, though you thought I was just like you. But I will rebuke you, and lay out the case before you. Understand this, you who forget God, or I will tear you apart, and there will be no one to rescue you. Whoever sacrifices a thanks offerings honors me, and whoever orders his conduct, I will show him the salvation of God. We're going to have our second piece of music just to give us some time to think about the bits of scripture that have caught our attention, and after music we'll say our prayers for the day and the time of the year. Oh, come. 
Before we say our prayers for the day and the time of the year, just a reminder that if you'd like us to pray with you, then drop us a line through the usual channels. Check the show notes for all the contact details, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and email. And if you follow the links, it'll take you through to wherever you need to go, really. Today, I'm going to ask us to remember three remarkable women, Catherine, Claire, and Marlene. Catherine is Claire's daughter, Claire is Marlene's daughter, and today we are bearing Marlene's mother, Mary. So if we can remember them in our prayers, please. Let's pray, shall we? O eternal trinity, ocean of love, source of light and abyss of beauty, bathe us in the glory of your creation. Save us by the wounds of your grace and transform us by the gift of your spirit. O abyss of wisdom, we glorify you. O Godhead, we worship you. O deep sea of eternal truth, and love, we bless you, now and forever. Amen. And our prayer for the time of the year is the breastplate of St. Patrick. I bind unto myself today the strong name of the Trinity, by invocation of the same, the three in one and one in three. I bind this day to me forever, by power of faith, Christ's incarnation his baptism in the Jordan River, his death on cross for my salvation, 
his bursting from the spiced tomb, his riding up the heavenly way, his coming at the day of doom, I bind unto myself today. I bind unto myself the power of the great love of the cherubim, the sweet well done to judgment hour, the service of the seraphim, confessor's faith, apostle's word, the patriarch's prayers, the prophet's scrolls, all good deeds done unto the Lord, and the purity of virgin souls. I bind unto myself today the virtues of the starlit heaven, the glorious sun's life-giving ray, the whiteness of the moon at even, and the flashing of the lightning free, the whirling wind's tempestuous shocks, the, stum- the stable earth, the deep salt sea, around the old eternal rocks. I bind unto myself today the power of God to hold and lead, his eye to watch, his might to stay, his ear to hearken to my need, the wisdom of my God to teach, his hand to guide, his his shield to ward, the word of God to give me speech, his heavenly hosts be my God. Against the demon snares of sin, the vice that gives temptation force, the natural lusts that war within, the hostile men that mar my course, of few or many, far or nigh, in every place and in all hours, against their fierce hostility, I bind to me these holy powers. Against all Satan's spells and wiles, against false words of heresy, against the knowledge that defiles, against the heart's idolatry, against the wizard's evil craft, against the truth wound and the burning, the choking wave and the poison shaft. Protect me, Christ, till thy returning. Christ be with me. Christ be within me. Christ behind me, Christ before me. Christ beside me, Christ to win me. Christ to comfort and restore me. Christ beneath me, Christ above me. Christ in quiet, Christ in danger. Christ in hearts of all that love me. Christ in mouth of friend and stranger. I bind unto myself the name, the strong name of the Trinity, by invocation of the same. The three in one and one in three, of whom all nature hath creation. Eternal Father, Spirit, Word, praise to the Lord of my salvation. Salvation is of Christ the Lord. We say together the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us and remain with us now and forevermore. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord.